As Kenny and I record this podcast today, our anniversary is on the horizon. We're going to be celebrating 33 years of marriage on June 21st, and it's about to happen again. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. What you may be wondering, what is happening again? Well, we're not going to be at the same place at the same time. Last year, we took notes and laughed when we found out how many times we actually have been away from each other on this day. We've been at other weddings, on mission trips, or whatever. And this year, we're just going to add to that total. This time, I'll be the one going on the mission trip while Kenny stays home. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to tell you a little bit about our honeymoon. Please don't freak out. There will be no need for that. My mom actually used to say, don't call it a honeymoon. Call it a wedding trip because it sounds so much better, which I tried twice. And each time I said, yeah, we're going on a wedding trip to Norway. They're like a wedding trip, huh? And then I was like a honeymoon. They're like, oh, okay. So today, Kenny and I are going to tell you a little bit about our honeymoon. Or wedding trip. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Our wedding trip. Our wedding trip to Norway. We both spent a good deal of time planning and preparing for it. It was pre-Google, and yes. so I had to do a little travel agent work. I talked to the person. We spent days, I spent days afterward mapping out the trip, calling for for hotel reservations, rental car stuff. It was quite the fiasco back in the day. Quite the fiasco. I bought shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I also spent some time brushing up my Norwegian, which I think for the sake of our story and for our listeners who are linguists, of which there are a few actually, <laughs> It might be important to note the language preparation that went into this trip. I will start way back when. When I was a nine-year-old, I attended a Norwegian camp for two weeks where we took language classes, we learned songs in Norwegian about a baker, we learned the national anthem, and during mealtime, we could only speak Norwegian. So right before meal, they would stand up, they'd hold up one item at a time, and then they would say it in Norwegian, and then that's how we learned what food was. So when I heard we were going to go to Norway, I signed up for a couple months of Saturday morning Norwegian classes at the local Sons of Norway chapter. And I took three years of Spanish in high school. (laughs) So you were prepared. I did think of one more thing I did, not for um, preparing for the language prep, but in prep for the trip, I told my grandma we were going. Yeah, that that. (laughs) that turned out to be quite the mistake. (laughs) That was a bad idea. Um, So the trip, the day after our wedding, we flew to Norway. It was our plan to spend the first week touring around. And then the second week, we were going to visit some relatives because my grandma's has some relatives that still lived back there. So first week, we landed in Oslo. We spent a couple days there um, before we decided to go up to Fifer. Wait, and then hold we on trend, a little uh, bit. To, Weren't you going to share a little bit more about Oslo? Like what do you mean? Like the table story? I wasn't, but I could now that you mention it. And now I probably have to. So I'll just go quick. Okay, so we check into the room. Um, the one that Kenny had booked in advance at the um the grand palace? the palace pa- 
shoot. We'll have to Google that. Oh, yeah. We'll check that. Now we can check that. If I had known, we could have looked it up. Oh, but anyway, Palace Hotel. I think it was Grand Hotel. It, One of those. Either way, it was was right on the street in Oslo. It was really, it was really pretty. So we check in and right away we run to the window to open up to check out our view. And we noticed that, yes, in fact, we were facing the courtyard, like they mentioned, but they didn't tell us to remember what was inside the courtyard. Exactly. Yeah. They, they gave us what we asked for literally or whatever, but they didn't tell us we were going to be looking at the air conditioning units. (laughs) It was like for all of them for the whole hotel. So you didn't love that with all the planning that you did and you went down to the front desk. Yeah, as soon as I could, I went down to the front desk and I said, you know, we've traveled all this way. <laughs> it's our honeymoon. And we didn't come to look at the, uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> air, those, the, those, air, air, the conditioning air conditioning units. units. <laughs> so we got a new room, which was great for like five minutes until I walked in and I decided I saw this marble table and I'm like, I'm going to move it over to the edge and I'll put my suitcase on that. So what I didn't know was that it was actually not a solid marble table. It was actually a, uh, like a marble slab set on top of a metal frame. So I took the sides of the frame and pulled really hard and strong because I thought it was a solid table, yanked the frame, and the metal, uh, the marble slab fell on the, like just landed on the floor. Cracked and it was completely cracked completely in half. <laughs> it was like, yeah. And that, of course, wasn't great. And I was already feeling a little self-conscious about switching rooms, honestly, about telling the front desk. So I was too afraid to go back down there. So, so you asked me to do it yeah. and saying that since I'd already made such a great relationship and friendship with these people, um, <laughs> so it'd probably be the best if I went down. And I think and that it. it was. I think that that was true. So anyway, we got a new room, which is great. Better view, fewer tables, <laughs> but that was awesome. Then we went uh, north, we were, went to Fiefer and Lillehammer and Bergen. We loved Bergen. That was gorgeous. And then eventually, during the second half of the trip, we went and visited my relatives in Lingdahl and Christiansund. I they think, were um, the, remember your aunt? I think she was my favorite. She was so cute. My great aunt. I can't, Hilda. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't That's even true. remember. Oh, she was so cute. So, my grandma had given me um, addresses and phone numbers for all of our relatives when we went there. And so when we got to her town, I remember going to this random payphone, kind of like in a park area. And go, we drove up with a rental car, drove right up to it. And I took the, the phone and I called this number and I was explaining who I was. Jeanette Harms Barna Barn, which is grandchild. So there's a little bit of Norwegian for you right there. I spit that out and I told her we were in town and I asked if we could come and visit her and maybe um, have some coffee together. And then she said lots of sentences that I didn't understand. So I hung up and I looked at Kenny and I'm like, oh, I remember you said, I have absolutely no idea what is happening. All you kind of could pick up was she said something like, wait. (laughs) So, So we were like, okay, well, let's just maybe do that for a while. So we did, we waited, and then we saw her rounding the bend. She's like 90 years old. She was on her bike, speeding down the path <laughs> toward us. Super fast. And then she sees us in the car, doesn't doesn't even say hello or anything, kind of hops off her bike, and then motions a lot, does a lot of hand motioning. Again, we're not sure what she's doing, but it for sure looked like she's saying, follow me, 
but she was on a bike path. So yeah. we're in the car going, what are we supposed to do? So we just followed her on that bike path in our car <laughs> it was to so, her house. It was so strange. We were like, how did she know who we, where we were to begin with? And well, now there was one phone in town. Yeah, apparently, apparently. So uh, we got to her house and she had this huge spread of bread and jams and crackers and cheese and cookies and all these things and acted like she was ready for us. And, and she, she kept, kept asking how long we were going to be staying, remember? <laughs> yes. And then, and she wasn't even like all that shocked to see us, which I thought seemed weird. And then um, she didn't seem like she was surprised until we told her um, uh, that when we, we couldn't, said we said, couldn't stay overnight. Right, that's well, we, when she was surprised. She's all surprised. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I figured it out. My grandma had told her we were coming to Norway, and then she gave her the dates of our whole entire trip, and this dear woman thought we were coming and staying that whole time, which was also kind of the experience we had with my Uncle Martin, who we went and visited before we had seen her. So Yeah, that was a little was, awkward as well. It was super awkward. Well, first thing he said to us was, he's like, Willkommen! And then in English, he goes, I've been angrily waiting for you. And we were like, oh, man, why is he so angry? This is so sad. And his wife, remember, she was gone visiting somebody else. I don't think we even ever saw no, her. No, we never even met her. Just saw him. And then he had his meals for us. So we had food. And we didn't want to offend him. So we wanted to eat the food that he had prepared and for us. And you hate rice pudding. I so I ate all like of it. your rice pudding. And you didn't like anchovies. No, thank you. So you're throwing them <laughs> on my plate. And I was, like, downing the anchovies. <laughs> and we didn't want him to think we didn't like it. And I didn't like coffee yet, which I <laughs> so do I now. He kept coffee. drinking my coffee, and he kept giving us more, and then he'd bring more anchovies because it looked like Kenny liked him yeah, so much. Endless cup of coffee. <laughs> it was just kept going. <laughs> I was so relieved when we left the table and could get to the living room until we started chatting more, and we ran out of stuff to talk about, like, really fast. I felt oh, like man. we understood, uh, well, maybe like you understood just yeah. enough to know that something was going to happen, but not enough to know what. And I absolutely <laughs> right. understood nothing. <laughs> right. And we did understand finally that we were going to go visit his son's house the next day or else his son was going to come visit us. We weren't sure. So we went to his house the next day. <laughs> Which was great. He lived in such a cute town. It I was loved really great. his boat. Remember his he boat? had an awesome boat. It had a little diesel engine, I think two-cylinder right in the middle of the boat. Okay, I don't remember tiller. that. It, was... it had a little Norwegian flag. I remember the Norwegian wood. flag. It was really cool. Yeah. We went out in the North Sea, which was really fun until the storm came up, and that was quite the storm. Um, so we went back, got out of the boat, and then drove back to um, this guy's house where my Uncle Martin was waiting for us. And as soon as we walk in the door, he says, oh, I'm happy you are safe. I was angrily waiting for you in the storm. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, angrily, it's anxiously. So, oh, my gosh, from day one, he's been anxiously waiting for us, not angrily waiting for us. And so that was like this um, huge, this huge relief. We were, so I was relieved for a couple seconds until um, Martin pointed to his son's organ. Um, the son had an organ. My uncle Martin had a piano. Remember, Martin wanted to just play and sing all kinds of Absolutely. hymns with us over yes. and over and over and again. He found out you could play piano. That's yes, all it that took. was it. That was it. So now he tells my his son that I play, and so they were like, "Play the organ," and I couldn't think of anything to play right then, so I just started fooling around playing some chords. 
And then remember they started (laughs) singing along like in these big booming voices. And they were so glad that I knew that song. It was a Norwegian song. (laughs) It was amazingly. But but I didn't even know what they were singing. So I was just trying to follow them along until they sang. And then I felt like we're kind of like losing each other. So I stopped and I'm like, Oh, that's all I know, (laughs) which I really didn't know anything. So then I think that must have given uncle Martin a great idea. Hey, it's church tomorrow. Right. And he started saying, I'd like you to to uh, sing some hymns tomorrow at church. Well, and he didn't even tell us that we were at the church later and he's like we walk on into the church and he tells the people there oh um these are and he tells us explains who we are and says that we would like to sing three or four songs for them at church that day and we were telling him in fact no we did not want to sing three or four and i think we ended up singing two one with hallelujah in it a lot because we thought oh that at least is something that might be be familiar and then and then we left we left their house it was it was very sweet it was really fun but none of these stories were the ones that i have intended to tell i wanted to talk about the time when we um were going to cross the fjord in the ferry remember that we, i absolutely do remember yeah, that we so spent this the one afternoon, afternoon we yeah. left uncle martin's and drove down the the mountain grade it was By really cool remember we saw yep, the sheep had to wait for the sheep to cross yeah, and i so think cool. we had cherries at that time we were mm-hmm. throwing our cherry pits at signs that was fun anyway we get to the bottom <laughs> where the fjord is mm-hmm. and i uh, had to wait for the ferry that was crossing back toward the fjord mm-hmm. and uh so there was a restroom and and uh, i went into the restroom and then yep. came out and yep. kirsten went yep. in and we had to leave. We had to leave our car in the line there. And so, um, as I went in to go to the bathroom, they weren't like outhouses or anything, but they did have windows that were open along the top, so you could hear people talking and probably hear if they said, "Okay, time to board up" or whatever. So while I'm in there, I hear a guy come up to Kenny, and I hear him ask him, "What time does the ferry leave?" And so he asked him this in in um, Norwegian. Now. Before we even left on our trip, I had taught Kenny to say one sentence just in Norwegian. One just phrase. one, just one phrase, and it was this: "Yesnaker ikke norsk," which means "I speak no Norwegian." Very good, and he was so good at it, and he had practiced saying it. So this guy comes up and he's saying something to Kenny in Norwegian, and I'm like, "This is perfect." Kenny gets to use his sentence. So I'm in the bathroom washing my hands, and I'm like willing the sentence to him. My mind is just racing as I'm repeating it over and over and over in my head. <laughs> so, so I say, were, I have my great uh, debut, and here I go. I say, "Yay, uh, snucker Norsk," <laughs> which was exactly right. Those three words, except for he left out the word "ika." Um, so instead of saying "Yes, snucker ika Norsk," he says to this man, "I speak Norwegian." So of course, the guy kept talking and asking me questions, and I'm like, well, "Maybe he didn't hear me. I'll slow it down." So I said, "Yay, snucker Norsk." Yep, a little bit slower, and he repeated then again and was like, do you know what time the ferry leaves? Yes, said Norwegian, and then that time you repeat it one more time, a little slower and a lot louder. Clearly, <laughs> he couldn't hear, so yay, <laughs> snucker, Norsk! In the meantime, I was done, and I was laughing so hard, uh, I didn't want to come outside. But when I did, the man was like shaking his head, and you were all I like, was like what is wrong with this guy, <laughs> crazy Norwegians? <laughs> You're like, why does he keep talking to me? Which brings us to our life lesson. And this is it. 
Um, what's our takeaway here? This is it. Let's not leave out words that can make a big difference. And we find that to be true in marriage. And we were just rem- reminiscing about an interview that we had seen lately um, about a couple that had been married for... I think they huh? were married about 50 years and they were being interviewed. Uh-huh. And like on the news or something. Yeah. And the interviewer asked, like, like, like how, how did you stay together for all these years? Right. And the sweet old man, do you remember what he, he said? He looked lovingly at his wife. They both <laughs> smiled at each other. They were clearly communicating without words. Mm-hmm. And he said, we forgive a lot. Yeah. And I think those are words that we can't uh, leave out because those, again, if we leave them out. It makes such a big difference. We need to say, I'm sorry. We need to say, I forgive you. We need to say thanks. When somebody does something that's helpful for us, that's kind, we need to say thanks. Um, we need to say... Sometimes we need to say oops. Oops. I often need to say oops. Or what? Um, we also need to say, you're welcome. And just, I see you. I recognize you. I hear what you're saying. So that's true in all relationships. It's true in marriage, as we found. And we, like... We're not telling this because we think like we're marriage experts or anything like that, just in case anybody thinks that we're like giving marriage advice. We're just telling a good story. So let's do that. Let's not leave out important words today. Maybe you need to say thank you to someone. Maybe you need to say you're welcome. Maybe you need to say, um, oops. Maybe you need to say... I'm sorry. Right. Or Or I love you. Right. Oh, yeah. How did I forget that one? (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) So...